0: Thank you for listening to this special Stone Cold Country podcast, the Nutritionalist Series, where we focus on ours 25 years and younger that are keeping it country, We like to say we are bridging the old with the new. We passionately believe in the critical importance of keeping the traditional forms of country music alive. Please partner with us on our journey to keep tear-jerking, crying in your beer, soaring steel guitar-type music on the airwaves and highways. But most importantly, we want you to keep this amazing music in your hearts. If you hear an artist you like, please fan them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, and stream them on your favorite platforms. And when possible, buy their music and merch directly from their website. By doing so, you become an important financial partner that is helping to sustain NARA's career. Additionally, you can also visit our site, stunkledcountry.net, and explore great music and the many ways you can get involved in keeping traditional country music alive.
1: Hey y'all, Sammy here. I wanted to attach a warning label to this podcast episode. For those of y'all that are not used to listening to traditional hockey talk country music, this podcast episode might be a shock to your system. So please proceed with caution. And we accept no liabilities or responsibilities on what might happen moving forward if you continue to listen. So proceed at your own peril. With that being said, We wanted to share with you that we had a great time talking to Wyatt Massengill. His self-titled debut album was just released on August the 19th, and I have listened to it now about 10 times. I am happy to say that it is stone-cold country. George Jones would be proud, and there is not a filler in the entire album now. On this podcast episode, we talk about the state of traditional country music and how his career is moving forward. And we talk about some of our favorites as well. It was a fun podcast, and it's always a blast to talk to Wyatt. As y'all know, our mission is always to bridge the old with the new. And Wyatt Massingale is definitely a bright spot in the neo-traditionalist or new traditional country music landscape. Enjoy, y'all. We really wanted to um, kind of dive into a couple things, obviously talk a lot about your album and everything. But, 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 we also wanted to hear how it went um, over at the uh, Keith Whitley Tribute Show in Nashville. You were there this year again, is that correct?
2: Yes, yes, that was that was awesome. I got to meet a lot of a lot of great people in that. Who was there? uh Lori morgan was there uh jesse keith obviously was there um and i went brain dead i can't even remember <laughs> i met so many people
1: was ken there
2: oh yeah yeah ken was there
1: well i know you guys hung out last year
2: I yeah it's always good to see ken oh yeah. georgette jones was there obviously And we just cut a new song with her on my album yeah uh,
1: yeah we were gonna ask you about that you know we'll ask you about that in a little bit that sounds like a blast i mean it, isn't it great you know to to be able to do that you know keep his memory
0: But well, it's crazy
2: for me being such a big george jones fan getting to work with her you know
0: absolutely it's awesome that keith is in the country music hall of fame now
2: oh yeah yeah definitely it's Long overdue.
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering how long will it take for them to, like, get Vern in there? I mean.
2: (laughs) Hopefully not too much longer. Hopefully Gene Watson's not far behind him. Maybe we should start a petition. Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get Vern Gosden in there. Yeah, you know, I was just flabbergasted. I didn't know he wasn't in there. And then when I started looking, I said, oh, my gosh, is it possible that the voice— is not in there. I mean, is that possible? I mean, I was, you know, surprised too. Keith, you know, hadn't been in there yet. I mean, there's like, like you said, Gene Watson, you know, gosh, 14-karat mine. I don't know. I, I just, there are a lot of um, people that I can think of, like, right now. Like, I have, like, a list of, like, 20 <laughs> that, you know. People you just
2: um, assume would be in there.
1: It, and the thing is, like, you – Well, I don't know about you, but, like, we just assume that they're already in there. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly.
1: And you start, when you start looking at the list, you're like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) And and then, of course, I'm not going to name any names, you know. But then there are other people that made it in there, and you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway not naming any names uh, not any of the recent ones that's for sure i've been like so happy hank jr's in there now i mean boy it wasn't that like way overdue
2: way way overdue but i felt the same way about the judge i love the judge oh
1: yeah yeah well that's so unfortunate gosh i mean wow What a turn of events there, huh? Yeah, no
2: kidding.
1: I mean, it's just like, what was it like, one day or two, like that same weekend or something? And you know, Naomi died. Yeah, Yeah,
2: crazy how that.
1: No, you. I mean, that's like, you know, I don't know when the movie about their lives is coming, but it needs to happen.
2: (laughs) It's very soon.
1: Yeah, you couldn't write something, you know, more compelling than that. It's just like unbelievable. Anyway, let's talk about your album because, you know, I have a feeling that um, even though you're not a big talker, but you know, we love, you know, all this music and the same you know kinds of singers. We could probably talk for a hot minute here. But, you know, <laughs> definitely let's talk about your album. So um, did you work with the same team and the same studio for this album, for your self-titled album?
2: Yeah, uh, mostly. Um, we used a couple different fiddle players that I hadn't got the chance to work with before, like Joe Spivey and Janae Fleener. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think the team is mostly the same. Well, with the exception of Steve Hinton, we got to use him on steel, too.
1: Nice. That was the
2: first time for me.
1: Oh, nice, nice. That's awesome. I'm just wondering why. So um, is it a um, you know, situation where they you know kind of dubbed their parts in, or were you actually in the studio with them? I mean, how, how are you recording these days?
2: Uh, I was actually in the studio with everybody but the fiddle players. They actually done their parts later on.
1: Yeah, yeah, usually. Yeah, that's awesome. And then what's like your recording setup? I mean, do, do you do old school or are you in an isolation booth for your vocals? I mean, what's the setup? I'm just kind of curious.
2: Yeah, well, we actually do it down at Hill, Hilltop Studios, um, and I'm in my own booth, and then they're all out in one big room
1: so you're actually like doing the live session everyone together except for kind of those specialized parts like the fiddle and you know things like that um so but the the rhythm set the core group is is there recording with you oh yeah Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I, You know, there's so many different ways nowadays. I mean, I've heard people like, you know, the rhythm section goes in and, you know, I'm the singer goes in after, like almost like karaoke <laughs> when everything is done, which, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know how that works, but, hey, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, it, it takes us all of about 15 to 20 minutes to actually get a song that oh, went through it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, because you're all there together, so that's amazing. So hey, you were talking about a duet with Georgette Jones. Um, tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about and the song that y'all picked?
2: Well, I got to meet her at the Keith Whitley tribute, like I said, mm-hmm. and um, I had been asking Jim Best, my producer, about introducing me to her to do a do a song together. And uh, he said, well, you're friends with her on Facebook. Why don't you just send her a message to see what she says? And I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) Uh, So I had done that and then he ended up giving her a phone call and we'd all just talked about it and lined it up and super, super awesome to meet her and very sweet lady. Great to work with. So definitely a a big, big one off the checklist for me.
0: That's
1: awesome. She just followed us on Twitter.
0: Oh, you have a frog. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Okay. She just followed us on Twitter.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Right. That's so cool. I will. Right, well, we play so much of George Don. We tweet a lot of, you know, the uh, old stuff because the whole thing with us is bridging the old with the new, right? So, you know, sure. you're one of the new ones out there, you know, a new traditionalist or neo traditionalist, whatever you want to call it um you know kind of still holding that torch high and you know of course we never want to forget george jones and you know hank williams and you know Vern gosden and lefty frizzell i mean all those awesome people right that you know definitely kept things going yeah and even now with alan jackson that new album of his that came out last year i mean it's i don't know if you've you know really been able to sit down and listen to the entire thing but um where have you gone it's it's absolutely stone cold country traditional country i'm just so happy that um, not that he's ever put out anything other than that but you know you have to admit some of his albums like you know (laughs) the one that had chattanooga on it it's still good still good but you know not exactly george jones country you know (laughs) (laughs) no i i'm just throwing shake Hey, Alan Jackson and um, George Strait are two of the pillars that we still have. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Two of the very few that are still around.
1: Still doing it. Yeah, and they're still charting. See, that's the whole thing. They're still charting on billboards, so it's – really important you know to keep supporting them as well so that sounds great so how did you pick the song um that you did with georgette why did you pick that song
2: well i was kind of going for a song that hadn't really been messed with before you know you've got all kinds of duets that have been cut a ridiculous amount of times you've got golden ring and jackson you know your typical duet and i wanted to find something for us that was a little more b-side i guess you could say
1: yeah yeah absolutely so um I, I know who did it before, but you, you want to share who did it before?
2: Don't, don't <laughs> Melba Montgomery.
1: That's right. That's right. I think that Melba was like one of his very first duet partners. Not that he had many, you know, duet partners per se, but I, I think she was one of the very first. So, um, yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and hear that. We must have been out of our minds.
3: Said our goodbyes long ago. Never thinking we'd miss each other so. All the memories we can't leave behind. Oh, we must have been out of our minds same too. They both turned out to be the wrong kind. Oh, we must have been out of our we've known, and reaped together the wild seeds we've sown, surely they can forgive us and find that we must have been out of our minds. the same too they both turned out to be the wrong kind. Oh, we must have been out of our minds.
0: What was the hardest song to do on there and why?
2: It'd have to be when a man can't get a woman off his mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely, them high notes are insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and who did that one originally, Wyatt?
2: Uh, Bill Anderson wrote it, but G- I believe Gene Watson was his first cut on it.
1: Uh huh. Well, let's fact check you, hold on, I have a resource here. <laughs> <laughs> I have a resource here a, a lot of people have done the song But I think you might be right on that Let's see Second, I go to um, a handy dandy thing Called Secondhand Songs This is awesome when you do things virtually Like this we can check anything This tells you everyone who's ever Done the song Yeah have you ever heard of it uh, Secondhand songs?
2: No I don't think I have
1: Yeah so this is a great resource You can look up all these old songs, find out who did it first. Well, he must not have been the first one. <laughs> it's not showing it as being the first one. Let, let, let's let see who was. Now I'm really curious because I thought he was the first one too. I know that one of the songs um, was a song, another song written by uh, Bill that you released, you know, a couple months ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, Drink That Strong. Um Jim had actually got my version of when a man could get a woman off his mind to Bill. And Bill just absolutely loves what we've done with it. So he asked Jim if I would sing drinking songs. Jim's like, what do you mean? That's his favorite thing. (laughs) Uh, A drink that strong. They had just written it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. You know why? Because... I was like, this song, I have never heard this song before. And I was looking, but it, you know, has kind of that really awesome sound that we love, right? And I was trying to figure out, like, is this just a song that I'm just, you know, I just can't remember hearing? And I couldn't find it anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And and so, yeah, and so that told me, okay, so this must be like, you know, a, a total original you know, so, I mean, so it was. So was it a song that maybe Bill had not released before? It was like brand spanking new for the most part? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I'm. if I'm correct, I believe they just wrote this song a few months before I got a hold of it, but I'm, I'm not sure, so don't hold me to that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we're almost correct. So Gene Watson was the second person to do the song. The first one it was bill anderson <laughs> who released it first <laughs> that. there you go <laughs> so it was bill anderson he was the first one to release when a man can't get a woman off his mind so with that song you really felt like you stretched yourself right because you know there are a lot of high notes i mean it's a tough song to do
2: oh yeah yeah that was definitely crazy when it comes to my vocals
1: So what did you learn through doing that song? I mean, you really – because those high notes, I mean, (laughs) those can be really – You
2: definitely learn how far you get to push yourself or how far you can push yourself. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and hear that one right now.
3: I've been fighting with these sheets again. Can't make myself lie still. My pillow case is soaking wet, and yeah I feel chill. It takes all I can do these days to just survive the night. It gets crazy. When a man can't get a woman off his mind When a man can't shake a memory He runs hot and cold and blind He hates her, then he loves her And then he hates her once. A grip on- It's almost 4 a.m. My mind keeps painting pictures Of you out loving him I just crushed a Dixie cup For running out of wine It gets crazy when a man can't get A woman off his mind When a man can't shake a memory He runs hot and cold and blind He hates her, then he loves her
2: Then he hates her one
3: more time Search a grip on me, it chokes me like a vine. Oh, it's crazy when a man can't get a woman off his mind. Drives me crazy when a man can't.
1: a song on your uh your new album that's called uh, i think it's don't try this at home is that right don't try yeah. this at home how did you find that one i love that song because it's kind of a i don't know it's it's kind of more um i don't want to call it fun because it's really you know about heartbreak but it has a lighter mood to it you know what i mean yeah yeah so i uh, wondered how that I song came out. A-
2: I get a lot of great songwriters that send me things, you know, through Facebook, through email, all kinds of stuff. And I try to keep up on with those as much as I can. And I just happened to notice that one. Um, I believe I had actually cut one of his songs before.
1: Who is it? I, Who are we talking about?
2: Well, you had to ask me that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries. So anyway, so this was um, basically a song that was sent in directly to you? Yes. So that must be, so it was sent directly to you, like on Facebook, email?
2: Yeah, he had emailed it to me, and uh, when I was just going through my emails one day, I came across it, and I just, I, I knew it was perfect for my sound, you know?
1: Wow, so I just, I think it's kind of a, I don't know, I think it's, it's, I mean, it has a lighter you know mood to it But obviously I mean The guy's talking about severe heartbreak there And <laughs> coping And that type of thing And I wondered how that uh, that song came about You know because it sounds just Really interesting
2: His name was Steve Jones He was one of the writers on Blame It On Burn
1: Steve Jones Wow Steve Jones Well I'm going to make a joke now <laughs> So Steve Jones not the same guy That was like a member of the uh, Sex Pistols Right <laughs> There's a guy named Steve <laughs> no is that the last UK punk band I think it was called a sex Pistols. there's a guy named Steve Jones I think who is like a member of that band wow can you imagine maybe it's the same guy and he's like doing country music now
2: wouldn't that be crazy
1: oh my gosh you know <laughs> you never know I heard um oh gosh I can't it they're like a, a 90s uh, uh, Oh, Glam Metal Band. What the heck is the name of the band? Poison, Poison. Brett Michaels, I hear, is a national songwriter right now. Really? Yeah.
2: yeah that would definitely be crazy, especially as hardcore country as that song is.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was reading about The Connection. Um, a lot of, like, um, these, like, you know, True Blue punk artists or whatever Um, They're all about like uh, music integrity and they admire like the the stone cold stuff, you know, like the stuff we like, you know, they really admire that because, you know, it's a, um, you know, they see it as something that's very organic, you know, Um, and, and um, hard to explain, but they can see the difference between some of the stuff that we're hearing now um, that's you know more modern and the stuff that like you're doing you know Alan Jackson and you know everyone before George Jones Rern, there's a definite difference in not only a uh, style but also what you're singing about and the authenticity of it you know about being real you know singing about real things you know what I mean um, and so that whole punk thing is like they're very much against anything that's not like you know, authentic. I think that's the word that that I can use because I I was reading about it the other day, um, and I was just kind of flabbergasted, you know, because, you know, here here we are, we <laughs> we we only listen to like, <laughs> I, 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 probably the most, you know, like modern, you know, stuff that we're listening to, um, is probably like I don't know, Luke Combs, you know, Morgan, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. And they're they're great. I, I'm you know, I'm a big fan of, of both of them. I think they're putting out some good stuff, you know, out there. But um yeah, so anyway, that that would just be, you know, unbelievable. And then I also heard, um, gosh, you know, as you can tell, I'm a I'm a I'm a nerd. I read a lot. <laughs> so Peter Frampton also like he was like some type of seventies rock star. And he's also like, you know, a songwriter in Nashville you know now like he was oh. in yeah yeah dude yeah so there's a lot of people i mean you know of course probably this guy has nothing to do with that punk band <laughs> it's just <a> <laughs> the same name and so you you never ever ever know what's your favorite song on the new album
2: i would have to say red Georgia clay
1: oh okay tell us about that song
2: well uh jim had me in his office and we were sitting there, and he was showing me a bunch of demo tapes he had and stuff like that. And uh, I believe it was the original he had showed me. I know the original cut, I believe, was John Anderson. Is mm-hmm. John Anderson or Jerry I can't remember. And uh, he was like, "Oh, we could do this with it and do that with it." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool." Because if you listen to and compare the two, they're not the same whatsoever. <laughs>
1: wow wow so what did you like about the song though like what made you say hey you know i really want to do this song
2: it was just something different aside from the beer drinking heartbreaking songs you know i mean we all love those but every now and then you've got to mix it up
1: right yeah so you kind of hey so this album i mean it sounds like you know you kind of really stretched yourself here like firstly you know you did you know, a, a duet, which in, you know, the last hour, I don't remember hearing a duet on there. Um, so that, right, that's something new? Or did you do, I don't remember a duet in the last? Yeah, um,
2: yeah, that's My first duet ever.
1: Yeah, so number one, you did your first duet ever. Okay, number one. Then number two, you know, you um, did a song by, you know, Bill that, you know, it. I think it's brand spanking new. So that's, you know, and then number three, um, you did a song that really pushed you vocally, you know, that one song, you know, when a man can't get a woman, oh, you know, off his mind. Like yeah, so that really pushed you, you know, vocally to kind of reach, you know, new heights vocally, and then number four, you do this song, <laughs> you know, red <laughs> Georgia clay. That is, like, you know, totally different from, you know, all the other songs that you've done before. And also, because I've had the opportunity to listen to the entire album, very different from all the songs on the album, in my opinion, as well. So this album, why it was really about you kind of pushing yourself, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to get stuck in the same old, same old, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Let's go ahead and hear that song. Red Georgia Clay, I, I do. That song is really good.
3: One rainy night in Dalton, they were talking in the bar about two bodies they'd been searching for. Behind old Samson saw me The bloodhounds found their graves And they were laying in that red Georgia clay So I just sat and listened And I drank my whiskey down And I knew I'd never make it out of town When a big hand grabbed my shoulder I was shaking in my boots, and I knew the time had come to tell the truth. I said I followed them one evening when the sun was sinking low, and I knew that bogging shack is where they'd go. But when I watched them love together, it was more than I could take. So I left them laying in that red Georgia clay. I may be hungry, cold, and lonely in this old prison cell. And when I die, I guess I'll go to hell. But at least I know she won't be running around on me today. Cause they're laying in that red. Georgia play I may be hungry, cold and lonely In this old prison cell And when I die I guess I'll go to hell but at least I know she won't be running around on me today Cause they're laying in that red Georgia clay Arm in arm together They both wanted it that way So I left them laying in that red Georgia clay
1: You know, our favorite song on here Well, let me tell you, they're all good I really haven't heard a dud, you know And But I have to listen to the album like, you know, five more times You know <laughs> uh, Yeah, but when you first, like The first couple of times for us that we listen to an album There are, you know, songs that pop out right away, right? Is that the same for you? Like when you first listen to an album? Oh, oh yeah yeah right there's a couple songs that you're like oh you know um when i was listening to alan jackson's new album like immediately it's like uh wishful you know wishful you know drinking was like you know number one and way down in my whiskey i mean it's just like oh you know these are awesome songs um and then as i kept listening to it there were other songs that just started you know kind of registering for me So um, with this album, I mean, immediately, and maybe because we've heard this song and we've played it so many times, but Teach Me to Forget, it's like, wow. You know, the song. That song is like one of my all-time favorites, um, to be honest, Wyatt, that you've done so far. Um, And tell us a little bit about the song.
2: You know, that's another one where I'm really, really stretching my vocals in that one. That song was actually pitched to me by my first producer beverly back when we cut my first ep right and um buddy hyatt had written that one too and he had written another one that i cut called our sweet love i don't know if you remember that one or not
1: oh yeah yeah
2: but uh i had actually opted to do our sweet love instead of teach me to forget because i knew i was going to do one of the two the first time around and i'd actually opted for "Our sweet love instead so when I was going back through my emails and stuff, I'd already been pissed looking at it for this album. I just knew how, I really skipped something that that I should have been on top of to begin with. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, I just, to me, that's, I don't know. um, It, like, the song is something that I could, you know, in my opinion, I could have definitely heard like, George Jones do that song, you know? I mean, you know, I could, like, Vern could have done that. You know what I mean? It, it's just, right, like, right. it's it's a, to me, it's a classic. You know, it is, you know? Um, I understand it's a brand-new song, but it has that feel, that sound, and it's so good that it, you know, should become a classic. It should be one of those songs that you hear, like, 20 and 30 years from now, you know, because it, it's just right. that good. So let's go ahead and hear that song right now.
3: I've been holding on to the love we had for too long No matter how hard I try I'm just not over you yet And I know you don't owe me any favors But would you please, please teach me to forget You teach me
1: All right. Awesome. So, yeah, the whole idea is to, you know, play several of the singles so that people can get, you know, really um, used to hearing some of the music and they'll want to, you know, go and, and, you know, check it out on the uh, streaming platforms and follow you and all that kind of stuff. And then um, I was trying to figure out, do you actually, because a lot of artists are not doing like the the actual records, like the vinyl. Are you doing that, Wyatt, now or, yeah. or not yet?
2: Yeah. We will do a physical release of this whole album in probably a month or two. Okay. Um, Do CDs, vinyls, the whole deal. All
1: right. Awesome. And will that be posted on your website? And do you have like a newsletter, like anything they can sign up for so they can, you know, keep up to date with everything that's going on with you?
2: Well, we were actually revamping my website, and for some reason, it's not backed up yet. So I've still got to get that fixed. So I've just yeah. been directing everybody to my Facebook as of right, right. now.
1: What, what's your Facebook?
2: Wyatt Massengill Music.
1: All right, cool. And that's Massengill. So a lot of people uh, spell that as Massingale. I noticed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I just... it's, it's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They do like the G-A-L-E, because I I think that's like a a popular uh, last name, and there's like a brand out there. (laughs) That's Mass and Gale. Anyway, we won't get into that. Um, I
2: don't know what to talk about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, we like to bridge the old with the new. So who's your favorite right now and why?
2: I'd have to say Cody Johnson's probably Uh, right at the top just because he seems to be really carrying that old school country torch with him too.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I can't disagree with you, Uh, Kojo. I'm just like so happy for him, you know, because he's really worked hard. And he's done it like kind of the the really tough way, like, you know, (laughs) traveling and touring like for, I don't know, 10, 15 years regionally right and most people that are not outside of texas really didn't you know know him you know what i mean because he wasn't on a major label there's a lot of artists regionally that people just you know are very successful in their areas but a lot of people on a broader scale don't know who they are um so he was one of those yeah and so i'm you know i'm real happy to see his success because I really feel like his heart is in the right place. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of those things that makes him so likable, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I really kind of, like, sense that from him. But you know who – I've been real happy um, that he has a brand-new album out, Joe Nichols. Remember Joe Nichols? I mean, he had oh, a yeah. lot of success. You know, I, I want to say 1999 – actually, 2000s, early 2000s, you know – um he had just like a string of hits and then kind of you know he had some you know personal problems and stuff like that and now he has a a brand new album called uh I think a good day for living I believe the album is solid you should really listen to you know it has kind of it has a contemporary feel to it but it's still definitely country music you know what I mean
2: yeah, I'll have to check that out. I didn't even know he had a new album out.
1: Yeah, he has a new album out. There's a song on there that I absolutely love. It's called Brokenhearted, and it's you just have to listen to the song. It, it's a fun song, and it kind of jabs at the fact that, you know, it, he says um, – a, uh, ain't nobody broken hearted in country music anymore, you know. Like he, basically, the song is saying that everyone's just about, you know, partying and, you know, koozie and, you know, beach tan, all this stuff, and no one's, you know, singing about, you know, having a broken heart and, you know, and <laughs> drinking themselves to oblivion because of it, or, you know. Like <laughs> some of those old school themes. Yeah, you have to listen to it. Um, you might, like I said, the album does have like you know, um, some, you know, modern touches to it, but the um, the foundation, the underpinning of the entire album is definitely, you know, more traditional than some of the stuff that we're hearing right now. And, you know, the other thing that kind of encouraged me too, Wyatt, was seeing flower shops go to number one. What'd you think about that?
2: You know, that's another one I was, I was a really big fan of too, but I'm a sucker for Morgan Wallen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so he um that song with I think that Ernest is the uh, other guy um they you know wrote he wrote that song and everything that song itself I was reading about it and you know that um Ernest had he was like binging on George Jones
2: <laughs> really <laughs>
1: yes when he wrote that song and i said oh and then when i started really listening to the lyrics you know what i thought it really listened to the lyrics when you know one day when you're listening to that song the it reminded it's like a different take on a good year for the rosens you know seriously if you, you listen to both of the songs just like the lyrics and you'll you'll see the comparison you know what i mean
2: yeah that's yeah crazy. never listen
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like his take, you know, like, you know, George is thinking about, you know, it's a good year for the roses, you know, the roses are blooming, you know, of course, he has a broken heart, you know, what do you do when you're trying to win someone back and get the roses. As though Ernest singing about basically the same thing, you know, it's it's like a, you know, not not a great day for, you know, for someone who's nursing a broken heart, but a great day for flower shops. Because, you know, you go to the flower shop to buy flowers, you know, to try. Right, right. so yes, I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, I kind of figured that out. What tour dates are coming up? Yeah, you know, me the show's lined up yet to promote the album. Are you kind of working on that?
2: Yeah, all that stuff I'm still kind of working on, booking into next year. I've kind of laid back for the rest of this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll probably do something for New Year's or something like that. You know, usually something pops up for, you know, around that time of year. Or have you actually decided that you don't want to do anything this year and you'll, you know, focus more on uh, 2023?
2: Uh, That's pretty much what I'm trying to do is focus on next year. You know, I've got a couple – a couple shows here and there, just little things, but nothing nothing too exciting yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, of course, once your uh, website is up and running, we'll be able to see that information there, right? And then people yeah. can follow you on Facebook to find out, you know, what you're doing. Is that correct? Are you pretty consistent in posting on Facebook?
2: Yeah, I try to post at least every other day, if not every day.
1: Awesome. You know, we need to, we, we're we on Facebook, but it's like, we barely ever post. <laughs> we need to start doing that, actually, because we have a lot of followers on it, but it's just, you know, with uh, some of these other platforms and stuff the blog and Twitter, you know, with Twitter, we like post every single day, you know, because our mission is definitely just to keep people um, you know, aware of all the awesome music that came before all of us, you know, before we were even born, you know. So right, right. yeah, and to make them aware of fine artists like you and like Ken Mellons and Alan Jack, people that are still holding the torch and you know are what I say, you know, loyal, you know, to traditional country music for the most part. So always a blast to talk to you. So um definitely wanna ask you, um, how you would like to close out. Is there a song that you'd like for us to play that you feel really encapsulates like your new album? Or is there a song from a favorite artist that you would kind of like to point to that people should
2: listen to? Um, I would still have to say It'll Die With You, personally.
1: Awesome. That's
2: probably hits gets me out of the whole album.
1: Yeah 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 that's that's such an that song is so emotional i mean it was hard for me to listen to that song during like the pandemic because that's when you released it (laughs) you released it like in the thick of COVID, and i was like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> no. and, and the now the worst
2: time in life to release the saddest song <laughs>
1: oh my gosh yeah that's I mean, we were talking about it. oh my gosh this is like the saddest song ever and we're like in you know to think of all this COVID stuff you know regardless of what side of you know conversation you are it's still you know um out there and stuff like that you know when you release the song and I was like oh wow this is <laughs> this is really gonna kind of dial into people's uh, emotions and stuff you know but um Sorry. this album sounds awesome wyatt i'm so happy for you and you know i really hope that it opens new doors for you um hopefully um you know once you um start looking at you know booking some shows hopefully you'll you know you'll book uh, across you know the southeast or the u.s just, you know, um, I know, I think that you're based out of Indiana. Is that correct or no? Yes. yes. You, you are still in Indiana. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, I, you know, your manager and everything will look at shows like, you know, um, more shows here in Nashville and, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, other areas. You know, don't just keep yourself in Indiana now.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the goal to start moving around next year.
1: Yeah, start moving around, you know, a little bit, um, and, and that type of thing. That I was talking to an artist, and they were telling me how expensive it was, you know, to, like, when you start doing these shows, because a lot of the shows, like, you know, they're not going to pay you, like, gazillions or anything. It's really about you, you know, um, getting your music out there, right, and connecting with new audiences. And so they told me um, that they bought a, a camper, and I'm like a camper. They're like, yeah, I, you know, I bought a camper cause now like I go across the U S and do shows and I don't have to worry about, you know, motel fees or anything. And I was like, wow, that's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> so. Maybe I, that's
2: what you do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I was like, wow, you know, um, and you know, he has, he has a wife and everything. And, so he was like, it, you know, it can get kind of expensive, and sleeping in my truck is just not an option, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so he got, you know, he, I mean, like a used camper, I mean, you know, it didn't cost a lot of money, but it runs, and, you know, they you know, they sleep there when they're, you know, too far from home, and I mean, it works really well. And, you know, uh, talking about that, Laney Wilson, who's having a lot of success right now, she actually lived in a camper for like the first couple of years when she was in Nashville. So, you know, Lainey, yeah, you know, Lainey Wilson, right? Yeah. 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 So she's having a lot of, so she's from Louisiana she's having a lot of success right now. She actually lived in a camper in her, of uh, the first years in Nashville. So, I mean, like I say, some people, you just have to, you know, sometimes make some sacrifices, but yeah, if, you know, motel fees and stuff like that that can kind of add up you know so yeah i mean look into you know getting a camper you know so you can you know (laughs) do a show anywhere (laughs) and not have to worry (laughs) about it at this point are you still holding down like a a full-time permanent job and stuff
2: no um i've actually only ever done music since i was 17.
1: Oh, wow, Why? That's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's cool. Well, you must have a lot of support, too, people that really believe
2: in you. Yeah, I've been very, very fortunate in that aspect, for sure.
1: That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, we'll let you go, and we're going to go ahead and hear that, you know, (laughs) heart-crushing... <laughs> song. It'll die with you. Probably i think it might be the saddest song on this album. What what would you say to that?
2: Oh yeah, definitely, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> so we'll go ahead and close out with that song. Always a blast to talk to you and so happy, Wyatt, that even um after listening to this entire album, you know, I know you kind of pushed, you know, your limits a little bit and it still sounds great and You absolutely are still very committed and dedicated to traditional country music, and we salute you and give you a hand clap for that. All right. All right, Wyatt. It was great to talk to you, as always. Um, We'll try to stay in touch to find out when the vinyl is coming out, because a lot of our people love buying vinyl. That's like the hottest thing right now. As a matter of fact, I was reading that it actually surpassed like CD sales. Did you hear the same thing
2: i've heard that a lot i've heard vinyl's really making its comeback so
1: yeah i know
2: i've got a lot of them i'm not surprised
1: oh me too i've started actually um two years ago i started replacing some of my cds and stuff with vinyl you know when it's available so yeah so i've been doing that consistently um, that's awesome, you know, just, you know, let us know, like, well, I'm sure you'll post it on your Facebook, you know, when vinyl's available, right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, so I'll kind of keep in touch that way, and, um, and hey, we'll be spinning you every week, we'll be, you know, choosing a, a, a song every week from the album, and, you know, moving forward, because um, it's, it sounds really good, you know, you're very fortunate to have so many like stellar people working with you that really have done a great job shaping your sound.
2: Yeah, I definitely think I've uh, come up on the right people for that and I think Jim's made a world of difference in not just my sound but how I apply myself to it too.
1: Yeah, your career and everything, you know, absolutely. Well, one thing I do want to say is, you know, I remember that all the people that we admire they, you know, they also have the swag happening. I, I see I see you sometimes wearing, like, a, a nice, you know, like, sports jacket and that type of thing, which is super cool. And I'd love to see you continue to do that. Maybe, you know, get one of those flashy, uh, <laughs> what do they call them, the nudie suits? <laughs> I think they're nudie suits. You know,
2: uh, the, the they bling. they got rhinestones all over them, my suit suits.
1: Do. Say that again?
2: My suit's got rhinestones all over them. That's
1: All right, there you go, see Wyatt's ahead of the game, yeah, that's <laughs> part of it. Don't you think that's part of it? Wyatt?
2: oh yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: yeah, you know fans like to see stuff like that. I'm gonna tell you, and I've written about this on our blog, one of my biggest pet peeves if I'm going like to a big show, I don't mean just you know a show like in my neighborhood, you know, like bar or something, but if I'm going to like a big show and I'm paying like you know a big ticket price. And the singer comes out with crumpled up jeans and a shirt that looks like if an iron caught it, (laughs) it would go to town on it. (laughs) Like, I don't want you to look like you slept in your car, even though you might have.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? That is one thing I'm weird about. Every day, my clothes are ironed. Every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, the fans, you know, like to, you know, see someone. I mean, you don't have to be dressed to the nines like some of the people that we admire, you know, were always, you know. I I read something that Lefty Frizzell would not even go to a Waffle House without being, like, you know, dressed to the nines. Because he was like, if someone sees me, you know, I'm Lefty Frizzell, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, that was actually, I read that in – Gosh, I read that in the uh, biography His uh, David Frizzell, his brother, wrote about him. So did you read um, George Jones' biography?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have that.
1: Yeah. Um, his – he – in that biography, he really talks a lot about, you know, kind of some of the other people that, um, you know, he was connected with and how, you know, kind of things – you know, didn't uh, work out all that great, you know, because of, you know, some of the things that happened. It was, I live to tell it all. I think that's the name of it. I live to tell it all. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, gives a lot of information there. Um, Well, one thing he does say is that he always, um, you know, when he was out there singing, I mean, he just, it was all about the fans always, you know, that's what it was about. It wasn't about him ever you know and as a matter of fact he there was a, a big show he was going to do in New York um, i can't remember the name of the place i think it was the bottom line and he said that he felt so self-conscious cuz he was afraid that these you know <laughs> intellectuals <laughs> over there wouldn't understand his music you know what he didn't know is that they thought he was the greatest singer ever and i was reading that the new york times declared him to be the greatest country singer you know ever that was like they declared that, and um, and when he read it, he said he felt so humbled, you know, because he just like really didn't see himself that way. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. He was just like a a, a, a normal everyday person, and you know, it just didn't see himself, you know, as being better than anyone. He just was doing what he loved,
2: which yeah, I think didn't he, know. Everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so I think that's the case. You know. With the very best singers. So, all right, White. So, I'll let you go. Um, Anna and I had a really good time talking to you, like we always do. And thank you so much for okay. the amazing music. And just let us know if we can ever do anything for you.
2: Absolutely, I appreciate it, and thank you all again for having.
1: Me. All right, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
3: Must have spoke those words out loud It just never ends Cause the old man sitting next to me said Let me tell you something, kid Folks been saying that for years And I believe they do believe But I'll make you a promise One that I can guarantee Broken heart that's killing you, one day it'll end. Those money problems, dogging you, will disappear, and then, just like that, everything you've been going through. One day it'll all just stop, and it'll die with you. He said now on the other side Things will be okay It'll all get easier When this world slips away No more troubles, no more tears Just happy every day I wonder what they'll all say When there's nothing left to say broken heart that's killing you, one day it'll end, those money problems, dogging and you will disappear in then just like that, everything you've been going through, one day it'll all just stop, and it'll die with So I just sat there in that place to wait for final call, glad to know that one day it would all end after all. That broken heart that's killing you, one day it'll end, those money prize. like that all the hell this world has put you
0: through the new traditionalists and on the brink podcast 2022 all rights reserved